Sure, sustainability matters. How do you make these changes, though, amid all the economic pressures that companies face? Hey, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We deliver fresh takes on keeping your business and your life healthy, full of fresh fruits and vegetables. Today's episode marks the fifth of a series we're doing with Equitable Food Initiative, often called EFI which works with organizers, retailers, and growers to create a transparent supply chain, a safer food system, and healthier work environments. These episodes will focus on the improvements or advancements that companies and their people are making that elevate workers and create better working conditions. So let's welcome Leanne Rhodes-Ruzamenti, EFI's Director of Marketing Communications, as she chats with Scott Mabs, CEO of Homegrown Organic Farms, and Gunnar Avanellis, CEO of Agricare, a sister company of Homegrown. They talk about how they incorporate sustainability in a holistic way across employees, partnerships, processes, and communities. Other produce companies and retailers should think in small, tangible steps and about what fits and what makes an impact for their particular operation, the twos tell us. So let's welcome Scott and Gunnar and join their chat. I'm Leanne Ruzaminti from Equitable Food Initiative, and today I'm joined by Scott Mabs, CEO of Homegrown Organic Farms, which brings together 100 different organic family farms on 7,000 acres, primarily on the West Coast. Also with us today is Gunnar Avanellis, the CEO of Agricare, a sister company of Homegrown that focuses on farmland management services. Together, they focus on citrus, blueberries, and grapes that they farm and market. And today we're gonna to be talking about sustainability and you two are the perfect folks to come together with that because sustainability really comes from the founding of your two companies. Gunnar, can you walk us through how your two companies came to be? Yeah, Leanne, thanks so much for having us on here and, and I absolutely can provide um, a bit of a summary of the history. So back in the early 1990s, my parents, Tom and Karen Avanellis, um, with a really just a desire uh, to farm and to farm sustainably, uh, formed Agricare as a farm management company. And then by the late 90s, had begun to work closely with John and Cindy France, who were local organic growers in California, San Joaquin Valley, uh, but who had also started their own sales and marketing company to help sell their organic produce. And um, through the early 2000s, they worked closely, uh, built farmland partnerships, had a lot more working relationship together. And then by 2013, uh, made the decision to merge the ownership of the two companies, Agricare and Homegrown Organic Farms. Um, and uh, much of the merger was because they shared common values of being families that, that cared for the land and for people and having built a culture of care through the companies. And then with that, uh, wanted the company synergistically to focus on systems of sustainable agriculture and also social responsibility in the San Joaquin Valley and beyond. And then in 2021, um, the founding families took the next step in uh, really building a sustainable long-term business and established employee ownership for the employees of the various companies through the, the building of an ESOP. Wow. So you, both of these companies are obviously very committed to sustainability. And, and I feel like a lot of farming operations say that they're committed to sustainability, but you really take it up a notch. Can you talk a little bit, Scott, on how you feel that this commitment to sustainability has benefited the business? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when you talk about benefits and, and sustainability, I mean, you look back, you go, okay, well, we're not, we're not necessarily doing this for benefits, right? We're, we're doing it because we, we believe that this is the right thing to do. It's the right way to treat people. It's the right way to care for the environment. Um, you know, the benefits that we see are really, you know, when you have people coming to work that enjoy their jobs, you have people that, that are excited about what they're doing, that are excited about having an impact on, on people's lives. Uh, you go out to the farms and you see how sustainable farming practices are having a positive impact on the dirt. I mean, a lot of the, the areas that are farmed in the, the San Joaquin Valley here, um, you know, they're on their third or fourth generation of crops of permanent crops. If you do not take care of the land, you really have stripped the land of any type of organic matter and nutrition. A lot of our farming methods and our ideas around all of this has been back to the aspect of really making that soil healthy again and creating a healthy soil that has lots of organic matter in it and, uh, and can produce a, a good healthy crop for people. And one way you talk about sustainability is through the creation of long-term partnerships. So why, why do you define it in that way? Because it seems like that's quite a unique perspective uh, to take on sustainability for the industry. Yeah, so I'll say from experience, good partnerships create synergy and bad partnerships create a lot of frustration, but that we view relationships from a long-term perspective. Uh, we, we speak within our employee, employee teams as, as kind of family, uh, which means you often cry together, you laugh together, you get to know each other so well that you um, know both the good and the bad, uh, but we're in it for the long-term together because we have a common view on what we want to accomplish. You know, we want to raise up the next generation of agriculturalists. We want to raise up the next generation of really conscientious handlers at our facilities or sales, um, sales teams and marketing teams, you know, partnerships for us are the foundation because we want long-term relationships built on common values, common viewpoints. We pursue partners in our farmland investments that believe more than just pursuing a bigger bottom line, but, but pursue a desire to, again, have healthy farms, um, have life on their farms. Uh, we, you know, we employ a lot of time and effort around integrated pest management, um, building the biological life uh, on our farms and building healthy soils but also caring for people. Um, our, our true partners um, in farmland and also our vendor partners know that we care for people. We take care of families. We, we engage locally in communities and that's important to us. And that factors into where we spend our money and where we put our time. Yeah, for sure. You know, I always hear the definition of sustainability as people, profit and planet. And I, I think your companies have really put that saying into practice. So Scott Gunner just talked a lot about taking care of people and partnerships. What are what are some of the ways that you've you've put that value into practice? Yeah, I think one of the more uh, recent things that that we did was uh, several years ago we started working uh, with the Equitable Food Initiative, which is a you know would be a, a people portion of that, right? How do we impact people? How do we better create processes um, and uh, the people that are doing the professionals that are doing the work in the field all the way through the system. You know, although that had been something that has always been a foundational value and it was great to be able to work with EFI to kind of bring third-party certification, you know, to to help people understand what we're doing and also to increase the effectiveness of what we were doing. You know, that was probably one of the most impactful things when you can kind of point to something. I mean, there is a, 
a lot of little things that we're doing on a regular basis. We have a program called uh, Cultivating Care. It's an internal program, but it's how do we impact the community? Um, we're uh, currently right now uh, distributing Thanksgiving meals um, to people that are in need in the community. You know, one of our, our vision statement, inspiring people to live this life for a greater purpose. You know, this isn't just raising a crop. You're stewards of the, the land and what we've been given the ability to do. How do we impact people? I mean, the, the relationships, the reality of what we do every day, working with one another, working with our customers, working with our growers, all of those pieces are so paramount. They're so important in how we how we continue to have a, a, a good impact on this world that we live on. Yeah, and, and I'll add to that, you know, it's it's often said you lead people and manage systems, but we believe that um, you, you, your people come up with the innovative ideas to make better systems. And that's been a lot of our focus is trying to care for people and create a framework where our people can care for others. Um, they can feel seen and heard and we can unlock synergistically the, the potential of our teams more broadly and, and not just put people into roles where they execute a task, but actually give them voice into what they're doing, um, what can be done. And then also try to invest in them personally, not, not just by caring for their families, but also involving them in um, the process of blessing others which has so much intrinsic benefit, but also um, is a piece of trying to dedicate parts of their workday throughout the year during the holidays in particular towards these acts of service while they're on the clock. Like this is part of your job, not that you're required to, but you can, you can take time to go do this and to make this a part of their life and routine in a way that's, that's really healthy and models what they can then take home and then take in their communities outside of even our work reach. This is really an amazingly holistic view of sustainability and to hear how not only are the values of your company really ingrained in all that you do, but the day-to-day -day work as well is really hitting all of these values and bringing that idea of sustainability to a, to a larger umbrella. I guess I'm curious to hear how you see this as a model within the industry? Is this a, a unique approach? Is this something um, that's pretty commonplace? You know, there's so many different definitions within the industry and within all industries of what it means to be sustainable from uh, using fewer resources to produce more. Um, you know, often it's thought about in terms of reducing um, the footprint of what you're doing. But again, and you mentioned it, Leanne, our, our approach has been really holistic and I, and I see a lot of different groups trying to approach sustainability in, in different ways that are very unique to their circumstances. And that, that I think is one of the first factors we have to all consider that each individual company or set of companies has circumstances that it can press into to um, you know push toward a more sustainable approach to, to life and to work um, that may not work for others, but works in that context. And for us, it has been holistic. Um, I, I see other companies approaching approaching you know this similarly, looking at how we invest in people um, and how we then also you know understand the the way we are impacting the environment and how we're creating more of more long term potential for in our case the farmland that that we care for, uh, the ground that we cultivate, and also the people involved along the way. Um, and so I I can't say that we see an exact precedent for what we've tried to achieve, but but much of it for us has been looking at what's unique to our circumstance that we can impact. Um, and even if it may seem small, um, it, it it often is worth pursuing 
you know, when it comes to like the Thanksgiving meal programs, there's a lot more families than the, say, 125 that are about to get meals that need meals, but something that we can do. There's a local food bank we've been involved with. We um, work with a program called Angel Tree Ministries, where we have employees who help get gifts for children whose parents are incarcerated. And so we, we just, we, there are different areas that are, that we're passionate about, you know, at-risk youth, um, you know, under, underprivileged areas or, or challenged communities that we feel like we can impact. And so that fits under our holistic umbrella of what does it mean to really focus on the betterment of people and the planet while also being profitable. It's, it, it is, I mean, we have to run profitable businesses. Uh, businesses that aren't profitable don't last very long. And so that's also in the nature of what we do. There are areas we'd love to pursue, but just, okay, I, I, that's not cost-effective right now. We can't do that. So what can we do with the effort and the time that we have? I think, too, that's one of the struggles with sustainability and and what that we're all facing so many pressures, right? And and the ag industry is is with inflation and with uh, just the realities of the current economic, you know, where things are in the economy. It's it's uh, the pressures um, are hard to uh, not allow the pressures to just kind of overtake everything that you're doing every single day. Uh, because we all feel it. It's a, it's, uh, it's heavy at times. And I think with, with, uh, you know, how do we still, uh, kind of create that forward vision and, and get our heads above that to look at, you know, what's happening on a, on a, uh, on a broader level to where, you know, how can we make positive proactive impacts? Um, on things rather than just reacting to every single, you know, new pressure that comes each and every day, because there's, there's, there's more than enough of them. Well, Scott, that was a perfect bridge to, to my next question for you, because research has shown that consumers think of sustainability as, as a wider umbrella in this holistic way that you both have been describing today, covering both people and the planet. But you tend to, at Homegrown, uh, you tend to think well beyond consumer trends when it comes to sustainability. And you just hinted at that, like chasing kind of the next thing. So can can you talk a little bit more about that? With sustainability, it's such a foundational uh, values basis. It's how do you care for things, right? How do you care for employees how do you care for the land that you're taking care of? Um, how do you care for all the different pieces within and without, you know, outside of your business? But we're not necessarily doing it because it's a consumer trend. Um, it's it's more about how do we how do we do what's right and uh, how do we how do we live in a manner that you know represents our our values and and inspires people and and you know uh, helps people maybe see something new that they haven't seen before. Uh, rather than just, you know, this is the latest consumer trend that's out there. And Gunnar, you mentioned that taking on sustainability needs to be unique to each operation. You really need to look internally uh, before moving forward. So as an industry, what support do you think is needed to embrace this wider definition of sustainability? So across the industry, uh, I, I think there are a lot of groups that have a real desire to make progress in uh, in measures around sustainability, uh, caring for their people, um, caring for the resources entrusted to them. Um, I, I don't think we're unique in that, but I think there's also a lot of operations that are looking for examples because again, sustainability that that's been you know kind of a buzzword around for so long has so many different definitions. It can seem a bit overwhelming to say, well, what's the right first step if if you're trying to explore it. 
um, for the first time, even trying to understand, well, what's the, what's the cost going to be or what, what's the outcome going to be? Um, so I, I think as an industry uh, telling the stories of, of companies that are, are making progress and, and kind of giving bite-sized stories to say, hey, here's an example. Here's a tangible example of what this group is doing to, you know, to go after this initiative, to, to try to um, benefit, you know, people, planet. Uh, I, I think that those stories will create uh, tangible examples that people can put their hands on and say, wow, if I contextualize that to my situation, it looks like this, and then feel comfortable to take their first steps. I, I think having groups like EFI is also really helpful, though, in that you know, we already had many practices in place for caring for our people, for training, for providing levels of communication and a voice to, to team members. But engaging EFI around certification and then understanding the programs, the support, the training available through EFI was also a real help. There were some great materials, great resources now at our disposal. We've been able to implement uh, company-wide and with the EFI leadership teams in our company that have helped us take steps forward in areas we thought we were pretty good, but there was now this support and there was more information, more knowledge, more outside perspective that helped us. And, and that's a real benefit. And I think organizations that are doing what EFI is doing to that end will also be helpful to those in the industry that have a desire to move, but don't know what's the first step. Yeah, because I, I think it's just echoing what Gunnar's saying. I mean, when you say the word sustainability, it is such a, a broad term that can mean so many different things. But when you say, uh, you know, you know, yeah, we became EFI certified or we became organically certified. Um, or, you know, we're actually uh, regenerative organic certified. Uh, th- those types of things begin to break it down to where you can, uh, you can begin to have measurable things that are put in place that actually uh, move the, the needle significantly in regards to sustainability, um, but have not, I would say, been real, um, always associated to the word sustainability. Well, I would be remiss to let you go without pointing out that one of the really unique programs that you your business has put in place to this holistic sustainability movement is the employee-owned program. It was mentioned briefly at the start of our conversation, but is is there anything you want to expand on about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially coming from you know being a, a child of the founders of Agricare and being deep in those conversations about the decision to create a, an employee stock ownership plan for the employees. And, and really the heart behind it um, was seeing uh, these companies that have uh, really amazing team members who've given many years and some, some, er- some areas, decades of their life. We have employees that go back to our days of uh, beginning back in the 90s and desiring for these companies to, to continue long into the future and to be able to succeed beyond the I'd say capacity and even commitment of the founding families. Now, you know, as a son of the founders, I can say, yeah, I, I'm committed to the success of these companies. But the desire of both the Avenel's family and France family was that those that are continuing to build these businesses long in the future would get to really um, benefit from the value being created and have additional, uh, I'd say, really motivation to continue to innovate and to build and to grow and to pursue um you know, new ways of doing things and not to to be complacent in any way. And thus the the foundation of the employee stock ownership plan as what really feels like a, a suitable kind of next step in the legacy of the founding families, but also laying the framework for decades to come of the employees committed to uh, the growth and function of these companies receiving that value that they are creating 
and being able to really see themselves in the long term having a future here um, for, for years and hopefully decades to come. As we get ready to wrap up, is there any other last words or things that we didn't touch on that you'd really like to share today? I just appreciate the time, Leanne, uh, allowing Scott and I to share a little bit of our perspective and our story. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate your, you know, your kind words toward us about what you've heard. Uh, certainly our companies aren't, uh, aren't perfect in any ways. We have our own challenges and struggles, but, but um, we have an amazing team, an amazing team that's aligned around a culture of wanting to care for people. Um, care for the environment. Um, and and we so we really appreciate the chance to kind of share our story. I'm so happy to be able to share your story more widely and and hope to that you're held up as a prime example in the industry because you are doing such great work. And for those of you listening, stay tuned because we're coming back in two weeks with our next People First episode of the podcast with a specific look at how homegrown's sustainability philosophy really plays out on the farm and how other growers can think about improving worker safety in their fields. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. It was interesting how Scott and Mabs got real about the benefits of sustainability, how it's not necessarily to reap near-term financial benefits, but it's about having healthy land for the long term and seeing employees enjoy coming into work and having positive relationships all around. But they both address that with the current economic pressures, they are choosing sustainable and social initiatives that are financially feasible. Check out our other Tip of the Iceberg podcast episodes. In our last episode, we learned about how UNFI, a grocery wholesaler serving 30,000 locations across North America, and Square Roots, a New York City-based indoor vertical farm company, are going to co-locate so that UNFI's distribution centers will have leafy greens grown on-premises to source from, so retailers will get greens faster and fresher. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It really does help us out. And have you heard of our free professional development courses at produceedu.com? There's a produce buying fundamentals course and a merchandising 101 course. Hey, showing your course completion certificate couldn't hurt when you ask for a raise or a new role. Remember, it's at produceedu.com. And PMG's next merchandising display contest deadline is coming up December 8th for the Fall 2022 Produce Artist Award Series. Send us photos of your apples, hard squash, pears, pumpkins, and sweet potatoes. Email pics to artists at producemarketguide.com. That's artists with an S. If you miss this deadline, there's always the next one featuring winter produce. In this episode's show notes, you can find many ways to follow us and EFI for more produce information, news, tips, and insights on the retail side and on the supply side and everything in between. And we'll have more of these great produce industry and healthy lifestyle conversations coming soon. Thank you so much. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational. Talk to you next time.